Okay, so re-recording this for the fifth time. Honestly, I keep getting interrupted or something happens. So this time I've locked my room door. I've kept my phone in silent and hopefully there aren't any interruptions. So hey, hey, everyone. Before I dive into this week's topic, I remembered a funny story from my previous work life when I was working in London. It was a couple of years ago and this story still cracks me up. So what happened was a colleague of mine went to the toilet uh and actually before that l- let me tell you that the the way to get in the toilet was that you have to press the you have to press an entry button and that would open the door and then you'd have to use your id card and swipe it to get out so it's a really weird weird system i think we complained to hr about how how inconvenient it is but they were like it is what it is so anyways so so my colleague she goes in and and she doesn't and you know then I see her coming out after at least 40 45 minutes um you know some people can't take time some people do like their their private time and so forth so she she comes out and gives us the whole story about how her ID card was was on a lanyard, so hanging hanging from her neck. She pressed the flush button, and for some odd reason, I don't know why anyone would be bending down, but for some odd reason, her ID card got 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 pulled down by the flush. <laughs> it must have. It must, and then it fell into the flush. So she lost her ID card. She came out of the toilet. And then she couldn't get out of the exit door because she couldn't swipe herself out. And this was around, I think, 6, 6, 6.30ish when, every, when a lot of people would have left the office. And the way the office was that the toilets were, uh, uh, the toilets were at an isolated part of the office. So not many people worked there. But... How she got out was that some someone luckily, you know, opened the, opened the door, wanted to use a toy, then here she came out. So that's the story. That's the story she told us, and it was a, uh, and I still think about it, and it's hilarious. And then, two days after, the pipes got clogged, and the flushes stopped working. So people, so she was actually scared. Oh shit! What if they find my ID card in the pipes and so forth? Um, but that didn't happen. Uh, so it, it's it's a great story. I think. You guys, you folks, sorry, you folks needed to be there to listen to the story. I hope our, our, I articulated it well. And a lot of people listening to this podcast, my colleagues from my previous company probably do relate to this story, do remember the story as well. So anyways, so this topic, I this week, I thought I'd keep the topic very lighthearted. So it's going to be a mix of debunking some superstitions and sharing some funny reviews from Amazon that I have read and they're classic. So some superstitions. So you guys probably know this, touch wood. So where does the touch wood phrase actually originate from? So surprisingly, I did a bit of research and in the 19th century, British children touched anything made of wood for immunity and this trickled 
this trickled over to the adult population as well, and they started touching any wood for immunity. Hence, you you got that phrase, touch wood for good luck. And even before the 19th century, wood had some significance as well. So for example, Christians associated the crucifix made of wood with positivity, with power. Uh, some Indo-European cultures associated wood with, um, sorry, with trees, with having good and bad spirits in them. So, yeah, this is where the touchwood phrase originates from. However, however, if you go to Italy, they do not use the word touchwood. They say touch steel. Polish and Russian people only touch unpainted wood. And then Turks knock a wooden table or something made of wood twice. So definitely some tips to remember when you're traveling. I never knew that, so new news to me as well. Another one, where does, you know, the, the, uh, that phrase, oh, a broken mirror incurs bad luck for seven years or something and all that. So it actually originates from uh, the Roman times. So what they believed is you need seven years, sorry, seven years are required for full a full life cycle of sickness and renewal. And if you break a mirror, it takes seven years to pull yourself out of a death spiral as well. So a mirror breaks, seven years of bad luck, and then seven years are required to recover and renew yourself. So that's where the seven-year, um, seven the broken mirror and seven years of bad luck originates from. However, however, you can counter this, according to the Romans, by burying the broken pieces by midnight. Honestly, I've never done that. I Honestly, in Pakistani culture, the broken mirror thing isn't very common. No one really talks about it. I think it's more Western, Western-led. It happens more in the Western cultures. Oh, and one more interesting thing is Friday the 13th. Where is that originally from? Honestly, when I was a kid, I really got scared from that Friday, the, the nightmare on Elm Street, 13th movie with Freddy Krueger and his long ass um, nails his his whatever you call those that would that was a scary movie so I always associate 13th to Friday 13th with Freddy Krueger for some reason but the actual Friday 13th or 13th having a negative connotation to it originates from Judas from um, the Last Supper where Jesus slash Christ was having his last dinner with um, his disciples and friends. And Judas, who backstabbed him, according to history, was a 13th member of that uh, on the table. So that's where 13th come from, uh, comes from. And then King Philip of France um, killed hundreds of Templar knights on Friday, 13th of October, 1307. So there are two, there are two, one is the Last Supper where 13th has a negative connotation to it. And then it's King Philip of France where he killed Templar Knights on Friday the 13th. So I think when you combine these two, that's where the Friday the 13th comes in. Another one, um, Russian listeners, if there are any Russian listeners listening to the podcast, 
I do want you to confirm that if yellow flowers in Russia represent infidelity, separation, and death. Honestly, whilst I was in Moscow, I lived there for 10 months. I never heard that. I actually don't remember seeing yellow flowers either. So it might be something interesting. If you have Russian friends or colleagues, you know, if yellow flowers do indicate a negative, negative, do have a negative vibe to them in the Russian culture, then don't send them Russian flowers, yellow flowers. Oh, the itchy palm thing. So a lot of people say, oh, if my left hand itches, that means that I owe money. And if my right hand itches, that means I'm going to get money. So an easy biological answer to that is left holds passive energy whilst your right hand exudes active energy. So that's where the itchiness uh, comes in to both of them. But it's interesting how these superstitions evolve over time, evolve over cultures, and how the understanding of them changes over time as well. I'm sure I've missed so many superstitions out. There are so many other ones like black cat, don't see a black cat on the road, I don't know. But if you guys, if you have folks have any interesting superstitions to share, do let me know. DM me via Instagram, comment my Facebook post, or um, simply just you know post a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, so just reading some interesting reviews from Amazon. Um, this is the one on L'Oreal Vitalift Men. I think is I believe it's a cream or a gel, and one person rated that product five out of five with the title being knocks years off him so bought this for my husband as a joke but it's backfired he looks 20 years younger and wait for this guys and has run off with a much younger woman so it definitely works i would give it 10 out of 10 I, that's a good call. I don't know if, how true that is, honestly. Maybe it's just to get those likes and the top position as an Amazon review. But it's still non, uh, it could make a good story. Another one. Great product for the pro- and the same product. Great product for the price and my, life, and my wife likes it too. I'm a bloke. So you apply it on your skin and go. What else is there to say? It is cheap and does what it should do. Best thing. My wife started using it when she ran out of her cream and guess what she said it is great for her too she got a bit surprised when christmas present for her was 10 packs of this product i actually don't know if someone i wouldn't know how to react if someone gave me 10 packs of um of cream or moisturizer or even toothpaste it'd be weird but anyways christmas present for her was 10 packs of this product which was the price equivalent of the product she originally used and i planned to buy Happy wife, happy life. Word of advice. Don't buy for your wife before she agrees to it, as she might not like it. Lucky for me, my wife is reasonable, and if she thinks the product is good, she would use it. Good for man and some adventurous woman as well. I don't know what that means. I just hope no mustache will start growing in her face, as it's marketed for man. It does not make me younger, but who cares? I'm happily married. Let's just keep that face moisturized. People do invest a lot of times in their views. It's amazing. Oh, there's another one for uh, baked beans, uh, and it's probably on the most famous brand in the world as well. I won't take the name, but it's um, it's a famous baked beans brand. 
There is only one tin beans as far as taste and value is concerned, and that is so-and-so beans. So it's a poem, actually. Beans, beans, good for your heart. Beans, beans, make you fart. The more you fart, the better you feel. Let's have beans for every meal. The rhyme above tells you everything you need to know about so-and-so beans. They're great. Good review. I don't know if the poem was stolen or this person invented it himself. Nonetheless, interesting. Oh, another one for... um, Another one for on the same product, baked beans. Although I'm not a child or a monkey, that seemed to be a target group from watching the adverts. I love these. Just sweet enough that I don't need any extra sugar on my breakfast. Okay. Oh, there's another one on Weetabix. Banana. Weetabix banana is absolutely delicious. Our family have been eating Weetabix for decades, and this is the best ever. It is absolutely delicious. My mother, brother, cousins, children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and I, we all love it. Well done, Weetabix. It's great to see that one gen. I mean, how many generations? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven generations eat the same thing. Amazing. Wow. I don't know if I have that in my family, actually. No, we, I think brands have evolved over time. We've changed our brands. I mean, I don't know what my great-grandfather ate, honestly. I don't even think they ate, ate uh, Weetabix. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, interesting. Um, so this one could be interesting. This is on Veet. Uh, Veet men hair wax hair gel. So the top, the the title of this review is the real deal strip bear. So I was a skeptical about the product after reading some of the reviews and seeing the TV advert. I decided to have a go. Firstly, I'm not a forest when it comes to Chester. So he's clarifying that he's not a very hairy person but I have enough to annoy me. I followed the advice of other reviewers and layered the cream on to my chest. It says not to rub it on, so patting it into place seemed to be okay. One thing to note is that with my right hand, I was okay to do the left side of my chest, but it became difficult trying to reach on the right side of, my, of the chest. In the end, I ended up changing hands. This meant holding a tube with a very slippery right hand that was covered hand in cream. I also found that whilst... Looking down at my chest, I had got cream on my cuff, slight double chin. So watch out for that. Honestly, wow. In the end, I pretty much covered the chest, my chest all the way down to my two inch from the man area before I applied some to the top of my arms. I then set the stopwatch for five minutes. So the smell isn't bad. It's the smell you get in hairdressers when you're having your hair permed. Not terrible, but you're not going to go. Th- but you're not going going to throw up. I then jumped in the shower and. With the, I then jumped into the shower with a supplied sponge, it's tiny, and began rubbing off the hair. Oh my god! Oh my god! For a moment I thought it somehow caused my hair to go back millions quicker because the amount of hair flowing down the plug hole was crazy. That wasn't my body. It had to be apes. It was quite weird to see so much hair disappearing so quickly. The tiny sponge does that, but it could do but it could do that with being about ten times bigger. So I reckon it did a 99% job. The one person is probably down to me not applying correctly. And the amount of hair left is so small. I can share that manually myself. Highly recommend it. Now to pursue the wife to do my back and clean it for me in the shower. Great, guys. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that very light-hearted episode I had uh, in store. Nothing heavy. Uh, but next week, I will have a more of a focused topic, as I've had, had before. 
probably will follow from therapy, well-being, might focus on friendships, relationships, and so forth. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. And do subscribe to my podcast via Apple. So it's available on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, Google Music, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, and there's so many others. So do subscribe, do comment, do rate, do review, do share, and keep listening. Thank you very much, everyone. Ciao.